Welcome to ISA's Arborviews podcast, a series bringing you conversations with researchers and tree care experts about current issues in arboriculture. For this episode, Mark Bridge joins me to talk about how climbing techniques and rigging equipment have evolved over the last 100 years. Mark is an ISA-certified arborist, is based in Switzerland, and is a practising arborist, is involved in training and product development. In this episode, Mark joins me to discuss how climbing techniques and equipment have changed and improved over the years and how some things have remained the same. Mark, as equipment and techniques have changed over the last century, what has been the main central theme or focus of these changes? Well, I think we've seen a lot of change, obviously, in the way that we work in on and around trees. Um, I think one of the big changes is certainly that if you look at historical photographs and imagery that equipment was being used at lots of different areas like caving or from um, alpine um, techniques being used, um, fire brigade equipment and uh, we've seen a trend going in the direction of more specialist equipment being manufactured for arboriculture and I think there's a number of driving forces behind that. Um, I think um, increased urbanisation and appreciation of urban um, greenery, I think, has created a market for um, arboriculture, for arborist work. I think one very striking thing that I thought was very exciting looking at these photographs was to realise that um, our whole safety culture that we take for granted today is actually a very modern invention. If you look at photographs from 20 or 30 years ago, um, safety was much less of a concern this was just things that people were knocking together in their backyard and was deemed to be perfectly acceptable. And the third factor, I think, is regulations. Um, less so, my impression is less so in the US, but definitely in Europe and other parts of the world, um, regulations are forcing us to adapt the way that we work in trees. And how have climbing techniques changed in the last hundred years? There's the traditional climbing technique, um, the three-knot system originated, as I understand, uh, in you know, the US and the UK where there's a long tradition of, of using these techniques. Um, that has evolved very rapidly in the past, you know, say, 30 years um, with an introduction of split-tail systems and really um, specialist um, access techniques. So... There have also been external factors that have influenced that. Obviously, the move from tree surgery to modern arboriculture, as we know it today, with Alex Shigo's idea, forcing people to work differently. So where people were doing cavity work before, and they were really focused on the stem and spending a lot of time and money on individual trees, all of a sudden there was this change in perception of trees and the way a well-pruned tree, a well-managed tree looked, um, to saying, do you know what, you don't need the chainsaw to work this tree, you don't need to have um, all this equipment to, to do, use that, all you need is a harness and a climbing line, and I think that forced people to um, adapt the ways that they were working on trees, it, cre- it created the necessity for new tools, and an interesting thing that struck me actually, thinking back to when I started, end of the 80s, people climbing with pole saws, well actually I think that's, uh, that was in that transitional period when we didn't have the full range of techniques we had today, people were using pole saws to get to places that they couldn't reach. Uh, whereas obviously today there's still a use for pole saws, but I think much less so than um, 
there was maybe you know late 80s, early 90s, where some companies would climb as a routine with a small chainsaw and a parcel. And what are some of the recent improvements and products that have been used? Well, I think a key word there is certainly ergonomics, that I think it's something that people have been focusing on a lot, is how to make work less less hard on your body. Um, you know, obviously, repetitive strain injuries is a kind of thing that people are looking at. So how to make it less tiring to climb into the tree, to make bodies more, uh, to make harnesses more body compatible, and um, reducing uh, wear and tear generally. Um, in cordage, high modulus fibre, so using specialist fibres in um, given areas, so you could maybe use um, a fibre with a very high breaking strain in, in one application, whereas in another application you might be going for a high, for a high um, heat tolerant or abrasion resistance. Um, that is you know, sort of the big trends that we've been seeing. And are there any particular aspects of safety that you'd highlight? That is actually an interesting one because I think it's something that we're that has been discussed or that is started that discussion is starting up now really that with some of these techniques there are very specialist techniques like you know say single line access techniques um, that people are very interested in I do think and in training this is also a question that we ask I think every technique needs to have a counterpart which is what to do when it goes wrong and I think that sometimes it's, it'd be an idea to spend a bit more time dwelling on that, to um, just discuss within the teams that are using these techniques um, how to respond in an emergency and um, to um, just define procedures. I do think that um, that's something that's happening and it's a bit of a worry because um, I think in some, with introduction of some techniques, maybe it's not realised quite sufficiently to how complex some you know, rescue scenarios might be. As we saw at ITCC, where the, the scenario was a, a person who'd climbed on a single line into a tree and was incapacitated, and it's not an easy rescue to do. And because you're from Switzerland, is there anything you can comment on the difference in climbing techniques and equipment between the United States and the European situation? Well, obviously, Kent, this is going to be a very sweeping statement, <laughs> and I'm out, I'm out on a limb here a bit. Um, but I think I think it's fair to say that in Europe, um, with a strong, there was a time when there's a lot of input from the French and, and Belgian climbers. There's a strong uh, Alpine background there. There's a lot of um, Alpine and uh, rock climbing techniques were um, brought, brought in there. I think um, there's a tendency towards really working the periphery of the tree. My impression is, and I may be wrong, is that in the US there's more work done close to the stem, as it were. So working from the inside out is not a value judgment, it's an observation. And obviously it's, it's not being fair to many people, but I do think as, as an overall trend uh, that may be, may be valid. And just to finish off, you mentioned some photographic images gave you a lot of insight. How have those archival footages helped your research and understanding of this subject? Um, this whole project started out as a call for photographs for historical imagery from um, from you know, various people. So we got uh, images from 
the David Trique Company from Merriswood College in the UK and from Honey Brothers in the UK. Um, and for me personally, it's actually been a really exciting trip. Um, I found, um, as I was looking for these imageries, uh, an old Hokusai print which shows um, Japanese, uh, obviously, men pruning or cutting a tree in front of Mount Fuji, which reminded me, actually, of the demos that we saw last year in Providence of you know, these tr historical uh, tree climbing techniques. And this print dated back to early 18th century. Um, the images from Davy and from Honey Brothers and Meris Wood, actually, I found really moving because it makes you realize, or it makes you part of a historical process, that you're not, the it makes you realize you're not at the peak of an evolution, you're just part of something evolving. And um, if you read, you know, say, Richard Dawkins, what he says about evolution is it's a messy process. It's not linear. It's not, you're not always improving on the step that went before, but you're just trying things. Some things work, some things don't work, and some things are introduced again. Not everything that we're seeing today is new per se. It's many things have been done before. It's just they, they're diversified or they, they're modified, and some things work and will be carried on using, and other, other things won't. So for me, the images, looking at these photographs of these men and lesser women doing this work, was actually, I just found, really touched me and uh, you know, quite profoundly because, um, as I say, it, it puts you in this big, bigger picture than just your own company and you become part of this historical process. Well, thank you, Mark. That's been a very interesting insight into the history of rigging and climbing techniques. So thanks for joining us and uh, thank you, listeners, for listening. Mm -hmm.